Well, we're doing a special episode today, boys. It's uh, what would be Luther Vandross's 70th birthday today. We want to do a special, no particular tie to Buffalo, but he's, he has a special place in my heart. I know he does in yours. And Ricky oh. Henderson's favorite singer of all time. Yeah. And Ricky Henderson being my favorite baseball player of all time. Mm-hmm. And I live in Buffalo. So I, lo- I love the Buffalo connection. There you go. Wow. Right. Well, Whenever I think of this day, I think of Luther Vandross. Yeah. Me too. I will now. <laughs> Hey, let's kick this thing off, boys. Oh yeah, snake. That was a, that was a little ruse. Throw the throw the the cops off a little bit. The, the fuzz. Yeah, this isn't really a Luther Vandross episode. Welcome to the Square 420 edition. Hey, we are at the Square, but we are not squares. Okay, we're cool. I mean, I'm not cool. I'm 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 the straight man today, but everybody else is cool. Mm. And we have a special guest with us today, our 420 correspondent, AJ Rye. How you AJ, doing, folks? Welcome to the square, dude. Thank welcome. you for having me. Yeah, welcome. It's a very exciting episode because, listener, since you are cool, you already know that weed is legal in New York State, okay? Yeah, get that round of applause. Jim, I, I got to say, man, like, I didn't think this day was going to come. It's it's surprising that it eventually it finally got here. I mean, Cuomo really didn't want it to happen, but you know, you grope enough women, you'll do anything. Yeah, yeah. We call this like the Ralph Northam effect, where you know you just do enough shitty things, and eventually you just get cowed into pushing through a whole bunch of progressive legislation. So, you know, I, I feel bad for everybody on the bad end of Cuomo's side, but. Uh, you know, feel good for, for the rest of us. So I know a lot of folks are regular, uh, partake regularly, shall we say? Snake, are you a, a regular partaker of the herb? I might be. The ganja. Dep- depends on who's listening. Yeah. yeah. Depends. Um, I know others are not. So what we want to do first here is talk about like what you can and can't do in New York. I think there's a lot of confusion still. Um, how many of this, what can I carry? What can they pull me over? Blah, blah, blah. So AJ, I'm going to throw it to you, man. What can, what can you do? What can you have? What can you grow? Give us the facts. Definitively. You can have six plants, six plants. You can grow on your premises. And I got a question. Is that, is it six plants per person? So like snake here and his wife, could they have 12 plants or is it, is it just six plants per household per household? Okay. All right. It's very specific. Mm-hmm. All um, right. Now that also includes if you have a, a, uh, like a duplex or a, a two, two home family or two family home. Same thing. It's, it's per household. Okay. Um, now comes down to what you can have on your person. Uh, you can have three ounces on your person up to three ounces and that's just marijuana. That's flour. Right. 
So that applies differently to concentrates. There's a lot of people that like to dab or use tincture and stuff like that. When it comes to dab or some kind of pure distillate or concentrate, you can have up to one and a half ounces on your person. Okay. So if you have like, I mean, I guess like if, if you're still somebody who has lived your whole life and you're like, oh my God, it's the cops. Um, you know, are, are they, are they going to like pull you over still? Like, is there any way that you could have weed on you now and the cops could give you a hard time unless you have like an exorbitant amount of weed or something? Not unless you're literally carrying, you know, them all bagged up. Like if you've got 50 bags and, you know, they've got price tags on them, then yeah, you're going to have a little bit of trouble with the cops. But outside of that, no. They've actually said and stated, it was in the Buffalo News last week uh, on Sunday's paper, that you can walk down the street and smoke a joint. I've seen people do it. Yeah. Yeah. Giving no shits. I've seen somebody in the in the village of Lancaster doing it already. That's amazing. Yeah. And this is this is why they legalized it, mm-hmm. right? This is also, you know... To help combat the uh, the stigma of all those people in the past that got wrongfully accused in prison, charged, and all that other not-so-great stuff that happened to them. So, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit on the show, AJ, about how the, the bill came about. But, I mean, uh, lay a little bit more knowledge on us. Like, how did we get here? Because it seemed like for so many years, it just felt like it was something that was pie in the sky. But now it just happened. It's so wild that it's just like, oh, here it is. So people have been navigating it in New York State for years, in the country in general, right? It's California. like when an edible hits you. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> like a ton of bricks. But um, yeah, no, it, it, it had been in the works for so long, and New York State fought it specifically because they had such big investments in tobacco farming. Um, and that's why they, they didn't want to go the route of something else, because it's going to take them longer to make money off of it. Right, they're not going to make as much off of it because that's not the same um, thing that they're they're throwing all their money into. Mm. Um, eventually, what happened was they uh, passed the legislation for medical use. That came about, and just like this one, it just all of a sudden, boom, medical use is in place. Okay, so what do we do? Well, we got to give out dispensary licenses, right? New York State only gave out five dispensary licenses. Very limited situation. <laughs> yeah. In the state I, of New York. Yeah. Three of them were in Utica. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and when you think about it, like, okay, so how do you get one of those licenses? Whose palms do you have to grease? Right. Right? Are you really trying to go for the movement and get this thing for medical patients? Or are you just trying to make money? And then what does that say about the quality of the product that you're putting out there? Right? Uh, when medical marijuana first became uh, of use to medical patients, and it was cancer patients to start... They came, the, there was these little uh, pellets called Marinol. And uh, odorless, tasteless. Um, if you were a recreational marijuana user and you got your hands on some of this Marinol, you're like, oh my God, I got this legal weed. I'm going to try it. It's going to be great. You'd pop like these little tiny balls. And you're like, I'll take like, you know, five or six of them and see what happens. And nothing, absolutely nothing. Because um, the purpose of them were for cancer patients to be able to get a, um, to be able to get hungry. Right. Um, because they were on chemo and such. Um, yeah. So you wouldn't feel high. You would just eat a shit ton. Um, so that's evolved quite a bit because then they moved to tinctures. They started following what was happening in other states and how other people were doing it because they still couldn't do flour. Right. That's that's the one big thing that happened here. So medical came out. It's all concentrates, concentrates, edibles, uh, vape cartridges, you know, things of that nature um, that eventually evolved to well, hey, we want to do this recreational thing. We really, really want to do this recreational thing. And this is about two years ago. And they were shut down every way they went. Didn't matter what they did. They were getting shut down. 
So how does it, how is it legal now? How do we get from there two years ago to where we are today? Well, that's the pandemic, right? Who's making money right now? Nobody, right? Literally nobody, especially not the government. They're just pissing away money. They need to make money, right? Tobacco sales aren't cutting it. No matter how stressed those people stuck at home are, tobacco sales aren't cutting it. So we need a new revenue stream. Hey. They shut down all the vape shops. So so side note on that with the vape shops, um, that's, a, that's a whole other thing that kind of feeds the, the political agenda, right? They've banned uh, flavored vapes in New York State. If you go to buy a, a, a vape product at a vape store, it has to be nicotine flavored. You can't buy something that you would actually rather consume or smoke. Um, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. <laughs> That's the same thing for like, I remember like, it was like 20 years ago, Camel started coming out with flavored cigarettes. Yep. And New York State put the kibosh on that pretty quickly. Um, and they were like, no, 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 no. You, you can have menthol and regular, and that's it. No having fun. No having, because I used to smoke, they were like tangerine-flavored cigarettes, and they were fucking mm-hmm. amazing. No, no going to Flavortown for you. No, no, no. I mean, I go to Flavortown anyways because I like menthols, but whatever. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm an alderman in Flavortown. Okay, I guess so. <laughs> so... Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're, we're at two years ago and it's just so fascinating to me that, you know, there's so much push and push against it. I know the pandemic rolls around. What kind of revenue are we, are we talking here potentially? I mean, are we talking like absolutely like life altering revenue or world shaking revenue for New York state and for local economies here? Do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Think about the way they're taxing just vapes currently. The, the state tax on vapes is ridiculous. People are trying to quit vaping because it's too expensive. Hmm. Right? So when you look at, at marijuana, um, it's going to be the same thing. So what you would pay on the street for something, you're going to pay almost twice as much at a dispensary. Right? What does an eighth cost you on the streets these days? 35 Anywhere between $35, $40. Right? You go to a dispensary, you're going to be paying easily 50 So the potential for revenue is massive. Now... Is it going to be there right away? No. Um, it's still going to be cheaper to buy it in the street. It's always going to be cheaper to buy it in the street. And in a lot of situations, and what I foresee happening in, with us, unless we do something drastic and different, and with that development plan, is we're going to have really bad weed to start. Every place it legalizes does. Um, because they want to do everything right in the proper way, and they're not involving people that don't just want to make money and have a passion for what they do. So eventually you turn out like a shitty product. <laughs> right? Um now you look at look at Canada for example. Canada when they legalized it it was about 4 or 5 years ago. Dispensaries came out, they couldn't keep the stuff on the shelves. They literally they were backed up, they were uh, pre-orders were 3 months backed up. I made it a point to go up there and get myself a pre-order and went back there 3 months later and it was some of the worst weed I've ever had in my life. <laughs> um, it was dry, it was gross, it tasted like shit and it gave me a headache and I almost felt like I was in college and I bought swag on the street. <laughs> But again, like now you look at other states, did also Massachusetts, they did it right. They literally took their cues from Colorado and California and brought in actual growers and people that were passionate about what they wanted to do. And they really regulated it properly, which is where Canada eventually got to. So Canada has all kinds of cool stuff now. But in the states, again, um, there are the states that are doing it right. So I know that like uh Cuomo's office estimated how much money they think they'll make the first year that it's legal. 
and they estimated $350 million in tax revenue. Jesus Christ. And most uh, independent think tanks regarding it think that's a low estimate. Wow. I mean, they're talking about, like, legal marijuana in New York State, the cannabis industry will be like a $4 billion industry just in New York State. It definitely has the potential for it. I, I No, I, I totally agree with parts of those numbers. I'm going to say that $350 million the first year, yeah, it's doable. Because everyone's going to go on and want to try it. It's legal. Why would I go to a shady person in the street when I can go somewhere safe? Right. right? Everyone's going to try it. Whether or not they like it is going to affect whether that profit margin sticks around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious, like, a place like New York City that's so populous. And people are buying weed left and right there anyway. But just to have, like, the revenue just coming. It's like it's like manna from heaven, really. Like, that money is just coming from nowhere, and it's just like a huge influx of it. Um, but what about places? I mean, obviously, the cities are going to have a huge boon coming from this. Um, but what about a place like... I guess here. I mean, we're talking about Buffalo. We're a Buffalo-based podcast. What do we think specifically it could look like in Buffalo in terms of, like, you know, bringing in revenue? Or well, It's going to be interesting because I think, like, you know, the areas where the dispensaries are, you know, probably pre- predominantly in the city of Buffalo in the first ring suburbs is where I guess they would be. Uh, the way the sales tax breaks out is that they get 3% of the sales tax, the, the municipality where those are, and then 1% goes to the county. So the county is going to get a little bit of money no matter where it is. But, you know, this could be big for your municipalities, your first-ring suburbs. You know, obviously, the city of Buffalo is, is going to be big for it. Getting 3% of the sales tax off of all the marijuana sales will be huge for the city of Buffalo. But, I mean, this is big for, say, like Lackawanna who doesn't have a lot of sales tax that they're bringing in. They're, they're not getting their, that percentage out. 3% of, you know, of, off of a, you know, a large industry like marijuana um, could be a sizable bit of revenue for a city this small as Lackawanna. I guess someone doesn't go to Ilio de Palos. <laughs> yeah. Not often enough. Not often right. enough. Not often enough. Well, okay. <clears throat> We've talked about enough of the uh, nerd shit, shall we say, like the revenue and the finances. If you are one of our dear listeners and you're like, you know, I, I've dabbled here and there, but now it's legal. Like, I'm so used to it being illegal. Where do I get it? AJ, where, if you live in Buffalo or Western New York, like, now that we have legalized marijuana, like, where can you get it? You're going to find services popping up. I found one popped up last week where a guy does delivery of, of ounces for $300. It comes in a beautiful jar. It's branded. Tells you exactly what it is. It's very high quality stuff. There's going to be places like that, but currently, as far as legally being able to purchase, um, there's nowhere you can legally be able to purchase. So you're still going to be going through these new pop up services and things like that. But you also got to look at the other side of this. Um, legal recreational marijuana is is a year and a half out now that it's legal for them to have it where they can sell it at a dispensary. You're looking at a year and a half out, at least a year, let's say. In the meantime. Everybody that's doing it on, on the streets, if you will, they've got to step up their game. Quality of their product's got to be better. They want to keep the customer base, right? Um, they're going to make it so that their customers feel safer, right? Whether it be a delivery service, whether it be um, eventually stores popping up. Um, an example for today is uh, at the Chandler? Yeah, well, 
It's BlackRock. Yeah. We stopped calling it Chandlerville. Chandlerville, was, gone. Yeah, gone. Gone. BlackRock. Yeah. Well, in BlackRock, they have a pop-up shop that started it was this morning, and uh, they were doing infused breakfast. Tonight, they're doing infused chicken fingers. So, again, it's not really a, a business or a registered business, so there's no, they're not technically or legally selling any kind of marijuana product, but they are. Okay. So, you can actually sell things that are, like, infused? Like, that, that's... My understanding, so I found out about it this morning. I'm okay. actually going to go check it out tonight, and if I don't <laughs> okay. get arrested, I'll, I'll come back and report back <laughs> on the podcast as to what you went can, down. You can do anything if you get away with it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. exactly. <laughs> so if you're out there and you want to try stuff, um, if you know somebody, especially somebody that you trust, go to people you know, right? Absolutely go to people you... It's Buffalo. You, everybody knows somebody that smokes weed, right? You can, you can talk to them, and that starts your network, Um when it comes down to the different types and stuff, we're definitely going to get into that. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. But as far as being able to purchase it, you'd have to get a medical card. Um, that's a very easy process today. Um, all you got to do is find an online doctor, a video doctor. You have a consultation with them. You make up your condition. Well, what, what sort of condition? Let's give them the. Let's give our listeners with. Uh, I'm assuming everybody's depressed. Um, <laughs> the benefit of the doubt. I mean, if if you wanted to, if you're still like extremely paranoid about, you know, I want to buy it, I want to do it all above board. Um, you mentioned there are doctors and consultations. What what sort of conditions do they um, usually like give out? Scurvy. Scurvy. That's yes. a good one. Scurvy, okay. yes. Yeah, a lot of scurvy. Yeah. Dysentery. It's, yeah, dysentery. Yeah. Um, Smoke a lot of weed and eat a lot of limes. What about right. imposter syndrome? Imposter yeah. syndrome. Uh-huh. Stockholm syndrome. Yes. yes. <laughs> Those are all mental conditions. So anxiety is definitely a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, paranoia, chronic pain. Chronic pain of literally any kind. Um, what you have to remember is that consultation is all of 15 to 20 minutes. And all that person wants to do is say, yes, you can have it. So, you know... Don't ask a lot of questions. Be really upfront. Be clear. Um, you don't have to make up some crazy backstory about how, you know, you fell down the stairs at your wife's best friend's quinceanera. <laughs> you don't got to make any of that stuff up. Just just be, be upfront. Be very cut, clear and cut. And it's, it's $150. Okay. Now, there's a, there's a caveat there. You do register with New York State. So this is on your record that you have a medical card in New York State. Now, the people that this will affect are gun owners, okay? Uh, if you have a gun license, uh, like if you, you carry a handgun or whatever, I, I'm, I hope you're not carrying a handgun, but, you know, if you, if you have a handgun and you're, you're, you have a permit for it, that could affect you okay. in the future, and if you're looking to get one, uh, maybe don't get a, a medical card. Take that stuff on. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the few people that has both. Probably, yeah, yeah. It's his his handgun is his medical card, and and what do you, <laughs> what do you think his condition is? You know, <laughs> I, I would care hate, not to speculate. Right, yeah, I would hate to speculate. Okay. On dare this. not, right. dare not speculate. Right. right yeah. Um. The the only thing I wanted to ask AJ regarding like these pop ups and things, like what would be something, or I guess like, I you mentioned like they're they're trying to build up their customer base and, and ensure people that they feel safe. Um, what, what do you personally recommend or what do you say? Like, Hey, if you see a pop-up or a bit, and I know this is all very new, but what's your sort of barometer for like, yeah, I would frequent this pop-up business or purchase from this person. The good thing about pop-ups is, is there's a crowd, right? There's people there. There's more than just you and a shady person in a back alley. 
right? So that's that's a, a very safe venue to check things out at, right? Um, when it comes to finding a person, um, for let's just call them the dealer, your dealer, whatever it is, use a friend. Um, I, I I wouldn't call myself a a marijuana aficionado or any kind of an expert, but I like to stay current, and I've managed to stay current for, you know, more than half of my life, and I'm 42, so. I've been playing this game a little bit and I've, I've done it a lot while I've, I've gone to spots um, for people that are, are older. You know, you used to have to go to like a really shady spot. Um, there was this one called, I'm going to blow it up just because why not? There was one called Sanford. It was behind Tony's Ranch House off of Main Street. Mm-hmm. Used to go, you, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm 41. I got it. I've, I've been yeah. around some of the same situations. So you go to this place and um, you can't park on the street, right? And then you got to walk down this. And I'll say that it was a very, very ghetto, very, very um, terrifying neighborhood. And people would look at you because the entire block was in on it. Everybody's a lookout. Just just keep thinking of like um, like training day, right? Mm. Everybody's a lookout on the block because they're feeding the community. Whatever it is they're doing, I don't care. I just know that I don't feel safe there. So you walk down this block, you get to this house. There's a wooden fence on the side. You have to go through the wooden fence. The fence makes so much noise that they know you're coming. There's a door on the side of the house with a mail slot and a little peak, peak hole and the slot opens peak hole come the person looks through and they're just like how much you want like, give me a dime right hand comes out take the money give the money give you a bag of swag some of the shittiest worst weed you've ever had in your life right full of sticks stems and seeds and all that other fun stuff probably is sprayed with bug spray who knows um but those are the situations i came from and when you come to now like how you can do it how I did it differently once I got past college and realized that I was really putting myself at risk is, hey, don't have drug dealers. Have friends that maybe have weed, right? Anybody that enjoys it as opposed to loves it and as opposed to is trying to make money off of it will buy a large quantity because they know that they have friends that would like some too. And everybody benefits from buying that large quantity. So my advice to people is find a friend that enjoys weed. That's the safest way to go about it. So you, dear listener, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to make the dive. I might, I might try it now for the first time in my life because it's legal. Or maybe I've tried it before and I had an edible that knocked me on my ass for like 12 hours. And I, you know, I, I, I'm scared to ever try it again. We've all been there. <laughs> we, we, we sure have. We have certainly all been there. Um, AJ, talk to us, man, about like, you know, now we're starting to become more discerning consumers because we can be because the markets are there like what are the sort of different kinds of of like strains and things i I know that word gets thrown around your indicas and your sativas and you know nobody knows the difference give us a little deep dive man into uh sort of the different types and like their effects so we'll we'll start with like there's two basic kinds right you've got your indica and you've got your sativa your sativa is a very energetic high right you have energy. You want to do things. You want to talk to people. You want to engage people. You can function. Um, this the Snoop Dogg. Yes, exactly, exactly. Right. Um, your indicas are more of a. I don't want to function. I don't want to think. Um, the way you would think of indica is into couch. Indica will put you into couch. And then in the last 30, 40 years, they came out with a hybrid. Hybrids. There's lots of different hybrids. Some can be sativa dominant. Some can be indica dominant but it's a cross of the two um and a lot of times it produces a more euphoric high uh more of a body high 
but all of that comes down to what they put in it and everything has an effect. Um, what I would recommend when you're looking at strains, cause there's a lot of strains out there. People remember the old strains that have been around for years, blue dream, OG Kush, things like that. But then you got a lot of new stuff, strawberry diesel. Um, I saw one the other day called green crack. You know, there's, there's a lot of different things. What I would recommend to anybody that gets any strain. And if the person, if you believe they actually know what they're saying, when they tell you what the strain name is, go to leafly.com, look up the strain. It'll tell you what it looks like. It'll tell you what the THC percentage. Most people don't really care, um, but it will also tell you what the effect might be for you. And that kind of gives you an idea of how you can tailor your experience to yourself. What I would be wary of is if you go to somebody that you're trying to get weed from and you're like, hey, what kind of weed is this? And he goes, I don't know. It's just weed. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Don't, don't take that stuff. Get some good stuff. If you're used to that, I think watch the potency of this new stuff, right? The new Absolutely. stuff that you can get. Absolutely. Just be a little careful. Go a little slower with it, right? Right. And um, as far as what you want to consume, everybody is different. If you're not a smoker and you want to try smoking for the first time, um, maybe look for a sativa, something very light. Maybe don't smoke a blunt. Uh, you know, a small pipe. Uh, if you're going to do a joint, um, it's going to come down to the size. Lately, everybody's been seeing like what's been advertised is something that's cone-shaped and it's massive, Right. Everybody sees this, right? That is not a one-person joint, <laughs> okay? That is also not a two-person joint, no. right? That is like, you know, me and like two to three people, at least three people. Three to four people is where you want to be with one of those joints. Now, the traditional ones, if you're a little bit older, you used to roll pin joints. That's a one-man joint, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Um, a nice little baseball bat, that's a two-man joint right there. If you're, if you're big time, that is a one-man joint. Right. It can be, right? It can absolutely be, but... Um, Blunts are maybe not the way to go. Pipes are a way to go. The smallest amount, you want to work your way up. You don't want to smack yourself in the face. You were talking about edibles earlier. Um, so if edibles are the direction you want to go in, again, your source, right? Where are you getting it from? Don't trust packaging. That's the biggest thing I can tell you that I learned during the pandemic. Um, I learned a lot about the fact that you can buy the packaging for any of the California edibles in mass quantity from um, the dark web or actually just on eBay. And they all say all the same things, you know, proposition, whatever from California, this is the real stuff. I had ones that came with holograms, right? And they have those tear off tops on the package. You don't have to tear it off. It just opens. It's not sealed. So people are making stuff at home and they're putting it in there. So what I would recommend is, is if you're going to go down the edible, the edible route, find a friend that can get something from a dispensary, whatever you get, take in small quantities, build yourself up. There are some rules to edibles. Let's talk about those because that's very important. Um, for any drug that you're going to consume and ingest, it's best to take it on an empty stomach for the full effect. That's one of the, the biggest things, right? The next thing is it doesn't matter how good it tastes. Don't eat anymore. I can't stress this enough. Okay. Wait a second. What if they're, what if they're little gummies? I'm, I'm, I'm really hungry that day. You're going to have a real good time, right? I just <laughs> I just got done with my workout. I'm like, I really, really need something here. I, so I did, don't eat the whole bag? No, please, God, oh, don't. Okay. I, I had a situation where um, I'm at work. I'm, I'm, I'll try to make the story as small as possible, right? Um, I had a buddy. 
he knew some guys, and they worked in a the kitchen. They all worked at, uh, I'm just going to say, it, Harry's on the harbor front, right? And all the guys there actually, they, everybody does drugs in a kitchen. Don't, don't kid yourself. Not every kitchen. It's every, the, oh, yeah. it's every kitchen, every everybody's kitchen. doing drugs. Yeah. Don't, have no illusions about this. Right. right. If, if, you, if, if you get nothing else out of Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain, <laughs> is that every kitchen is full of drug users. Absolutely no question. These guys were no different. Yeah. And the two head chefs there lived in a house together, and it was a grow house. And so they grew a bunch of their own weed, and they had some of the best weed in Western New York. And this is going back like 15 years. I've tried some of it, thought it was great. My buddy was a sous chef there. He knew these guys. He'd go in there, and he'd help them cut their their plants and do all the fun stuff. And he's like, they'd take ounces upon ounces of refuse, things, refuse being like the stems, um, and what they would, would call an imperfect bud. So if you put a, cut a bud incorrectly, when the refuse pile, they had tons of it. So they'd make butter out of it and make these cookies. So he gave me a bag of these cookies one morning, 7.30 in the morning at work. He walks by my desk, drops off a bag of cookies. And I'm like, oh, sweet cookies. <laughs> he goes to his desk. He sits down. He jumps on, you know, he's logged in. And I'm instant messaging him. I'm like, hey, are these what I think they are? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, how strong are they? He's like, well, I ate a half before I came to work. And I'm mad giggly right now. And he's a really, really skinny guy. Like skinnier than me. He's just skin and bones. And I'm like. Half what? Half cookie or half bag? Half cookie. Okay. All right. So, um, and again, like. When something's homemade, this, this story is to illustrate how bad that can go. So I'm like, I'm a big guy. I was roughly about 250 pounds at the time. And I'm like, that guy, I'm three of that guy, maybe four. I could eat a whole cookie. If he's fine, I'll be fine. So I eat this cookie. It's 745 in the morning. Start my work day. Now, uh, it's kind of like a call center environment, right? But uh, you did admin work where you're working on people's servers and, and very technical stuff that could go very badly if you're on drugs. And... Uh, so I'm sitting there, and things are going pretty good. I have this meeting at 9 a.m. with uh, one of our customers. And what I do in this meeting is we go into a meeting room. There's a whiteboard. I talk about all the issues we've had and the customer problems and how we're identifying trends and things like that. It's me talking for about an hour. And then we all talk as a group. The, uh, the owner of the company, his two lead developers, and our CEO would always be in this meeting. So we're getting close to 9 o'clock, and I'm like, I feel fine. I don't feel this cookie. I think this cookie is bullshit. I think John's a bitch. I go to the bathroom and check my eyes. I'm like, I look fine. There's nothing wrong. I'm good. I go into this meeting. I'm like, this is going fine. These cookies were bunk. I start doing my stuff on the whiteboard. Get about 10 minutes in and you, boom, like a fucking, just, just a truck hit you. A truck hit you and you're fucked up and you don't know what to do next. And paranoia sets in. You don't know what to do. And I'm like, ah, so that's all I got for today, guys. And I sit down and he's like, Okay, I'm looking around the room and like people look at me and I'm sweating profusely. I'm very paranoid. I'm sure that they're all staring at me. A couple more minutes go by and like my eyes feel like they're on fire and I'm looking around the room and people like everybody's staring at me and I just can't wait for this meeting to be over. And the meeting finally ends and I run to the bathroom and I look at my eyes and it looks like I popped a blood vessel in my eyes. So these guys sat there and watched me hulk out while sweating profusely. They probably (laughs) thought I was on like some kind of methamphetamine. And uh, I ran back to my desk and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And here comes John walking by looking so fucked up. I'm so sorry, man. I had no idea. I'm like, don't let them see us together. They'll figure it out. So what do I do? What do I do? I don't know what to do. My phone rings. And it's this guy in Rochester who's a customer of ours. And I know what it's for. It's to fix his server. And I pick up the phone. And I'm sure he's saying, hey, you ready to work on the server? But all I can hear is wah, 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 wah. 
And I'm like, Jeff, listen, I'm not doing so great. I'm probably going to have to go home early. We'll try this tomorrow. Goodbye. Hang up the phone. I sent an an email to my boss because I didn't want to go to his office and tell him that I wasn't feeling well. Ran out into the parking lot, jumped in my car, started the 10-minute drive to my house. An hour and a half later, when I pulled up (laughs) in the driveway, um, I felt like a lot of time had passed for no reason at all. I got up into my room. It's July. I'm sweating. I don't know what to open all the windows. I lay on the couch in my room, and I'm like, all right, I just got to ride this out. And it hits you in waves. And more waves come, and more waves come. And after a while, you feel like days have gone by, and you're just sitting there, and I'm like, I'm hungry. I look around the room. What do I see? It's a bag of cookies. Let me just eat some of these cookies. Again, doesn't matter how good it tastes. Oh, my God. Um, don't eat any more. Um, it was a very weird 36-hour period for me. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is if you don't know the source um, and you can't gauge how much is in it, be weary. Talk to Try it on a weekend, maybe. Yeah, yeah. 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 Talk to your friends, um, especially the people that have access to them. If you're looking to make your own stuff, I highly recommend a lady by the name of Pot Mom on YouTube. She taught me how to make my own tincture. Well, we can get into that in a little bit, yeah, but yeah. Um, you can do a lot of different things. Um, when it comes to edibles, gauge it. Try a little bit. Wait an hour. Always wait the full hour and a half. I would actually even say an hour and a half. An hour and a half on Eddie Edible. If you don't feel it, don't eat the same amount. Eat a little bit more because that amount didn't work for you. Um, that's kind of the way you want to go as far as mm-hmm. edibles. Amazing. Um, let's talk about another option. Um, I guess vaping. You, you mentioned it earlier that uh, you know we, we've had quite a bit of, uh, in New York especially, like, I don't want to say controversy, but it's certainly been a political battle over vaping. But it is a fun and easy way to, you know, consume marijuana. So what are your thoughts on vaping or how do you best enjoy it? Or should you be afraid of it? Because it fills your lungs with metal, according to all those crazy commercials. So let's just talk about vaping at a baseline to start. Not even just marijuana vaping, right? Um, We've all heard and we see the commercials all the time, every day, hour, every hour, every day. You know, it puts metals in your lungs. It's going to ruin your lungs. It's going to ruin your life in the long term, all this other fun stuff. Look at anything coming from anywhere else in the world other than America. And they actually have studies from accredited places that are saying that it's actually a healthier alternative and it's better for you. And none of the things that they're saying over here apply. The reason being is who loses money if vaping goes up? Let's just talk about, you know, nicotine vaping. It's the tobacco industry. It's a big attack from the tobacco industry. So now, now that we've level set that a little bit here, let's get into marijuana vaping. I, I just, I just want to clear something up. Are you saying if I use marijuana, my, my brain won't crack like an egg and fry in a frying pan? That is 100% correct, unless you want it to. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it did for those 36 hours for yes. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was definitely a frying egg on that couch, for sure. For sure, maybe a little bacon. But um, so marijuana vaping, it's, it's a whole different game. Um, they're not using the same materials. They're using more of the distillate and the THC extracts. The oils that are in there, they're designed for medical use. They're not going to put out a vape that's going to do harm to your lungs. Um, especially in the situation like, say, if you're a cancer patient, right? Why would they want to give you another condition to help you with your current condition? And let, we, we could go, go down that path a lot, but that's not the case in this situation. So marijuana vapes are very safe. But again, trust your source. Okay, you got to know where they're coming from. Does it come in a branded box? Does it say it's from California? A lot of things say it's from California. 
If you want to try it for the first time, find a friend that has a medical card. Everybody has a friend that has a medical card. If you don't, just start asking. It's legal now. At this point, you know, what's it going to hurt? Mm-hmm. Hey, you got a medical card? Do you, do you? I happen to have them. I just passed it around a little while ago. Um, but go to the dispensaries there. You can buy their vape cartridges, which are accredited for. They can speak for that stuff. That shit is very strong. If you're going to go down the vaping route, take one hit, a very small hit. Pretend it wasn't your first time having a cigarette and you didn't take a massive fucking drag, right? Take a very small hit and give it a couple minutes, right? Take a couple of hits. Give it a couple minutes. See what it does. Smoking will hit you faster than, um, obviously, edibles will, um, but at the same time, um, the same thing goes there with vaping. It's it's a good alternative. I highly recommend it. And for those people that want to try it, it comes in really good flavors. Well, there, there's vaping, the oils like you're referring to, right? So you, I, you I talking, yeah, there's oh. oils and cartridges. Ah, good and dry too, right? Yep, yeah. absolutely. There's oils and cartridges. So you can vape oils, um, kind of like people do dabs, right? There, that There's one way of doing it. But the one I was talking about specifically was vape cartridges. Um I don't knock those because they're really good. I was a big aficionado for, uh, of them. Um, I've been getting them myself for 10 years. I still have them. Um, but you can, you can actually buy Delta 8 THC vape cartridges legally at dispensaries today. Um, and they work. Uh, we can get into Delta 8 later. But as a good place to start, vaping is good. You can do So there's concentrates also, as Ryan was bringing up. Um, you've got the concentrate option. That's for professionals and people that kind of want to do things a little bit stronger and that little punch in the face. If you're, you're a newbie, that's not the way to go. Vaping might be. But again, your source. Um, there was a lot of talk about a year and a half ago, um, right before the pandemic hit, where you all heard the stories about the kids that were buying THC vape cartridges uh, on the black market, and some of them ended up in the hospital. Why would you want a THC vape cartridge from the black market? when they sell them legally and you know they're safe several states over. Mm-hmm. Like, these kids are buying this stuff from China. Well, yeah, they were going to get sick. Does it apply to all vaping? Absolutely not. Right. I hope that kind of cleared up the vaping stick. No, yeah. oh, no, it does. So what if what if I just like fire and I want to smoke something? Like, what's, what's like, is there is there a better way between, like, glass pipe versus metal pipe versus bong versus, like, What's like if I'm a newbie? What's the best way to get into that? You just want to, or even vaping the dry, right? Yeah, yeah. you can vape dry. Vape dry. Yep, you can definitely vape. Every head shop sells um, vaping kits for dry herb. Uh, one of the biggest and most popular ones, and one of the most expensive ones, is the Pax. Um, it is one of the most flawless products I've ever seen on the market. And being a person that's been current for about 20 years, I still haven't bought one, but I want to. And I've actually kind of been waiting for now, where I can, you know, it's legal. I can actually have it on me. Um, I've used it in Canada. All my my cousins, when we used to be at like family weddings, they'd pull them out, and I'd be like, "That fucking stinks." How do you just? Oh yeah, it's legal over here, so you're you're good to go. So that's what I want. So the packs is a big one. You can uh, vape dry herb. Um, you can other things you can do with dry herb. We were talking about pipes. I would recommend a glass pipe, something small, something simple. You can buy them at gas stations. You don't have to go to a head shop, mm-hmm. right? You can go to the reservations and get them there. Um, if you have an eclectic friend circle, you probably have a friend that blows glass, right? You can ask them. But um, what I would recommend is glass over metal um, just because of it, it changes the experience quite a bit. People that used to use metal back in the day, um, it's very bad. So aluminum is very bad. Don't smoke out of anything aluminum. Um, if you were, you know, one of them kids that started smoking out of a pop can, you did something bad to your lungs for a little while. It's okay. You grew up. You'll get over it. But 
don't go ahead and try to do that now. Using any kind of aluminum is bad. Metals and aluminum, just because of the chemicals, you're actually burning the chemicals and you're inhaling those chemicals. Metal actually gives a very weird taste when you burn something into it. So even metal pipes that we're all kind of used to, um, they've kind of been designated as crack pipes at this mm -hmm. day and age, right? Because that's mostly what they're used. There's not a lot of people smoking weed out of that pipe. Also, it's not enjoyable. You don't get the full taste. You're tasting metal. You want the glass. You want as pure of an experience as possible, one that you're going to enjoy so you can come back to it. Um, bongs versus pipes, that's a preference. A bong, in my opinion, is, um, you know, baby steps. Do a pipe first, then go for a bong. Uh, it all depends on the person. Bongs are very clean, but that's a, you need a lot of lung capacity, right? If you're not a smoker, you're going to cough. You're not going to enjoy the experience. Build up to it. I hope that kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just going to get a hookah, but that's okay. <laughs> a hookah is a great way. It's also a massive waste of weed, but um, right. you can definitely <laughs> go down that route. Um, then there's, you know, joints, right? Yeah. Everybody loves a good joint. We talked a little bit about joints earlier. Um a lot of people could say, I don't know how to roll a joint. You don't have to. You can buy pre-rolled cones. Yeah. They're all the head shops. But you can. You can get it critiqued by David Crosby on Twitter. Amazing. Really? Oh, yeah. You post, post a picture and he'll, he'll like rate it. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a story uh, about my joint rolling skills. They're not great. Um, <laughs> whenever I roll a joint by hand, just freeform, it always ends up looking like a finger. Um, okay. Just a very bony old finger. Um, so what I did was I cheated. Uh, a buddy of mine introduced me to this little bamboo man. And it rolls a perfect joint every time in like eight seconds. Oh, it's, it's science right there. It's great. And it's just this little bamboo mat. Uh, look it up. You can buy them on Amazon for like $10, $12. I, I, I will say that um, I used to work at uh, a NOCO, a convenience store, when NOCO still existed. Um, back when I first got out of college. Like when I was in college, I first got out of college. And Blink-182 came in one time. And oh. uh, uh, what's his name? The lead singer, Tom DeLong. Tom DeLong um, was like, "I need rolling papers, and do you have the little machine that rolls them for you?" And I was like, "Sorry, man, you have to roll your own. We don't like. We're just a gas station. You're lucky we have rolling papers." <laughs> like, <laughs> cigarette machines. He was talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cigarette rollers. You could. You could that's another option, <laughs> right? Um, if you're gonna go down the road of uh, rolling anything, grind your weed up, people. That's all I can tell you. Uh, don't do it by hand. Grind it up. You want it as fine as possible so that it smokes evenly and you have a more enjoyable experience. Interesting. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's just fascinating that there's so many different ways to uh, to enjoy it. Like it's, I, I guess I knew that there was like a weed subculture, but now that it's legal and now it's coming to like the popular mainstream, I guess I'm just not prepared for like. It's culture now. The cult, yeah, uh, well, yeah, like the amount of like sub things you can do with weed. It's just, it's wild. So we've all been in this pandemic, right? And everybody's struggling to find things to keep them sane. And like I said, you know, I, I enjoy some weed. So I talked to a buddy of mine and I was like, hey, you know, like, uh, how are you doing this? You got a kid and stuff. You're still consuming marijuana some way. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm making my own tincture. I'm like, how are you doing this? I follow this lady on YouTube called Pop Mom. She taught me how to make tincture. And I'm like, how do you do it? And he goes, most people like to use Everclear, which is, you know, everybody knows what Everclear is. And right, yeah, it's my favorite band from Malibu. Exactly. <laughs> but um, to me, that, that goes into something that I, we're, we're going to talk about in a little bit, and that is, you know, mixing alcohol and marijuana. For me personally, as a person that just enjoys weed, I don't want to get drunk while I'm getting high at the same time. So I'm like, what, what did you do as an alternative? Because I started using avocado oil. 
I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. So I had him show me his process and um, I started making my own tinctures. And what I can tell you is from strain to strain and as I play with it a little bit and change the quantities of different things, I've come up with a, a nice got, little collection. You've got a few here on display. Let's let's see what, the, what we've got going on here. So we'll start with the, uh, the first tincture I made, which was uh, I wanted a safe uh, stra- strain that I knew. It was Blue Dream. Mm-hmm. It's a nice uh, sativa. It's always a good high. So I made this. I tried it myself. And I didn't think it was enough. Um, I didn't think it was strong enough. I actually didn't feel it. So I gave it to um, a family member. And uh, they were like, wow, that's, that's really good. And I'm like, did I not take enough? Like, what, what's, what's going on here? It turns out that, like, my, uh, my tolerance from eating things like nerd's rope early on in the pandemic in mass quantities had, had been rather, rather high. <laughs> so I took a few days off and, and found out that it was working. Uh, now, in the interim... Uh, when I didn't think it was working, I was like, maybe maybe an eighth of weed isn't enough. Maybe 3.5 grams is just not enough. So I made a batch that I, I affectionately called the Motherfucker One. <laughs> and um, the Motherfucker One was like 11 and a half grams, which oh, is, wow. you know, a lot more. That's, that's a dark liquid. Yeah, it's more than three times as much. And um, it lives up to its name, uh, 100%. <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes. I also spilled a lot of this oil while I was making it. And so I did this thing where I spilled some of the motherfucker and I'm like, what do I do? There's this, this fucking puddle of oil. You don't like, want to waste it. Right. So Spend I, all that time on it. I grabbed a piece of bread and I just slapped it on there. <laughs> and I'm like, it'll just absorb it, right? I'll be fine. Uh-huh. So I wipe it all up and I took that piece of bread and I threw it in my air fryer. Um, side note, if you don't have one, you should get an air fryer. I oh, cook yeah. everything. Yeah, you should definitely get an air fryer. Get a ninja, yeah. Um, so I left it in the air fryer and forgot about it. Hours go by and dinner comes around. And this night I was actually having my parents over and uh, for dinner. So I saw the piece of bread in there when I was making dinner. And I'm like, I'll just cook it up too. And... Uh, so me and my housemate, we cut the bread in half and we eat it with dinner. And then my parents come over and we're all sitting, we're having this conversation. And like a ton of fucking bricks. <laughs> it just hit me and I'm like, oh, I'm super fucked up. And I, I look over at my housemate and they're making this face. <laughs> and they like, like they just saw a ghost and the ghost had flashed them. Um, Jesus. So what we had realized at that point is no further conversation could be had. And I had to eject my parents from the crib. Mm-hmm. Um, very quickly when I realized, there's the, like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to talk to you. Bad things are going to come out. I'm going to start verbal diarying. It's going to get really bad. Um, so yeah, uh, tincture. Um, I made more batches after that and I started to control it. And again, if you want to get into making your own stuff, it's not a bad deal. Um, if you know people that make their own stuff, those are great people to have as friends. Um, because... You can sample their stuff and tell them whether it's too strong or too light or what you prefer. So what, like just to get in the nuts and bolts a little bit, because I know it's, it's a liquid clearly, but like what is a tincture or like how, how would you consume it? Like do you put it on your tongue or like how do you? So the, the Everclear one I was talking about, you can actually put in drinks and you can just put on your tongue, drink it up, whatever you want. Same with this. I make this with avocado oil. A couple of different reasons. I don't like the taste of Everclear. Um, once you get past, because avocado oil doesn't taste like regular oil. It's got a bit more of a savory. It's got taste to it. Um, you can actually taste the marijuana. So if you guys want to take, grab a bottle, open it up, and just smell it. You yes. can smell the avocado I just, oil. I just smelled it, and yeah, you can smell that avocado oil. Right, and you can smell just a little bit of marijuana, too. Right. Um, so what you would do is you would, what's called decarb your marijuana. So you're cooking it to the point where all the THC is activated, which is essentially what you'd be doing if you were smoking marijuana. And then once you've decarbed your marijuana, you add your avocado oil, and then you cook it again. And what you're doing is you're getting the THC all up into the oil, and then you'll strain out your 
your your weed, which you can keep to make granola and other things later on down the road. But now you have this oil that you can put on your tongue. You can just drink it. I'll, like, I'll take a dropper in the morning of something that's a sativa, and I can function, take calls, and go throughout my workday without any problem. Now, is that um, something you'd want to cook with, too, or is it just... Absolutely. Okay. So the next application is you can put it on anything. So you can cook with the avocado oil. I, I hear bread's good with it. Bread's very good. <laughs> um, bread is very, very, very good with it. Um, but you can essentially put it on anything that you can add oil to or want to add oil to, you can do that. You want to make a dessert and lace it up, absolutely go to town on that. Now that I've done and started this uh, this little thing, my, my goal is to have a like a harvest festival. You know, maybe like a dinner at my house where I make like... 10 to 12 different dishes and everything's laced. And I invite, you know, 10 to 20 of my closest friends over and say, not that I have that many to come over and just, you know, sample a little bit. Um, when you're doing the cooking thing and you're mixing it in with something that you eat, you have to remember, which goes back to edibles. The same thing as dosage dosage matters, right? Um, I watch a lot of these, uh, weed cooking shows now. There's, there's so many of them on and there's one where they have like contestants. There's one on Netflix now where they have contestants come on and uh, these are people from, you know, different parts of the country where it's legal and they're actually chefs that cook with marijuana and they're really good at it. And they use tinctures and other concentrates and they actually dose it out five milligrams, 10 milligrams. If you ever hear the terms five and 10 milligrams when it comes to edibles, those are good small dosages. Stay at five and 10 milligrams. In fact, I would even go two to three up to five for your first time. Yeah. Anything past that. You've all heard of the nerds rope. The bastard says 400 milligrams on it. And it is all the 400 milligrams and in some cases more because somebody made that at home. So dosage is very important. So you make yours with avocado oil, but you can also make butter, olive oil, anything to cook with, right? Anything you can cook with. um, Anything that won't burn in the process is really the goal there. Uh, A good friend of mine, if anybody's ever heard of Gorilla Glue, took two ounces of it. and. um, (laughs) He made a chunk of butter using a magical butter machine. And uh, I went over to see him after he did because he was super happy about it. And he just cut off a quarter of a stick of butter and thrown it into a cup of hot chocolate. And was consuming it in front of my eyes. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. He fell asleep 10 minutes later. <laughs> Dosage is very important. <laughs> so if, if you're a giant baby and you're just like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, stick to five and under milligrams absolutely five and under is a good way to go if you don't feel anything with five then you go 10 right incrementally work your way up um i can tell you i personally have never followed any of these rules i'm the idiot (laughs) i'll always start at the wrong end of the spectrum and work my way down i don't recommend it to anybody (laughs) what kind of tools would you need to start with if you wanted to Create a tincture of oil. Yeah, or something. I mean, you've got quite the like, apothecary yeah. going. Yeah, that's badass. So my buddy, uh, as a housewarming gift, gave me an Instapot, and yeah. it was all so that I would actually sit down with him and make this. Because um, I've been talking about it for so long, and then finally I'm like, he sent me an Instapot, and I'm like, great. So you need an Instapot, a couple of mason jars, um, a funnel, a strainer, or a cheesecloth, and um, you can buy these uh, these tincture bottles on Amazon. They're, they come. 12 or 24 case for like 13 14 dollars with droppers in them um and the label maker i stole from a previous job (laughs) (laughs) all right what what other what other kind of strains do you have here you got a couple other bottles so i do um i have uh i have a motherfucker too uh we won't talk about that oh we get into the motherfucker too uh then we have the kobe 
Hobie is a strain that a, a buddy of mine came across a few weeks ago. And actually, he was very adamant. He showed up at my house and was like, you have to try this. And I'm like, why? And he goes, you have back pain. And when I smoke this, all my body pains go away. And I'm like, you're full of shit. So he packed a bong and I took a hit. And within 15 seconds, all my back pain went away. Wow. So I was like, how much of this do you have on you? And how much of it can I have? Because I would like to make some tincture. Um, being a person, so actually, uh, I herniated my disc uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. So I'm actually still in therapy and dealing with that. And uh, one of the only reasons I'm sitting up right and not in pain right now sitting with you guys for this long is because I'm on the Kobe. Um, so we have another one here called the White Rhino. Um, anybody that is a marijuana aficionado has heard of this strain, came across it at one point in their life, and has never seen it again. It's as elusive as its name, a White Rhino. Um, very good. It's a very, um, very heady high, but it's a body high. Now, that's, that's one thing that comes down to strains. Strains do different things, very different things. Go to Leafly when you come across a strain. Find out what the effect is. They're usually 99.9% .9 accurate with that stuff. I've trusted and used them for years. Uh, but also you want to keep in mind, that I always have to give this disclaimer, everybody is different. I can't stress that enough. Um, you could be sitting with 10 people and one of them won't get high from what you're smoking, what you're eating, whatever it is. Um, there are other people that will get too high from just a little bit. Everybody's body chemistry is different. There's no way to gauge that. Again, start at the low end, watch your dosage. What are, what are some of the, um, <clears throat> the strains or types that you would recommend for like the new fucking, you know, weed consumer or which ones would you like stay away from? Like, right. Like, Cause grandma's never smoked weed before. <laughs> that's fair. And she's like, it's legal now. I do anything that's legal. Give me that girl scout cookie. Right. <laughs> that, that, that's a good strain to start with. Actually. Um, girl scout cookies is a good one. Um, you've got your blue dream. Um, any of your cushions are usually really good. Um, they're usually sativa heavy, but they're almost always hybrids. Um, not a bad thing. Sativa is the word you want to remember. Um, when I say like sativa trains, uh, tangy. If you've ever heard of tangy, anything with the word, the name tangerine in it, you want that. That is a very big sativa. Anything with blue in the name usually is a sativa. Um, you know, if you have something like Death Star, I would maybe avoid that as a first smoke, <laughs> right? That's a great strain. It is. I'm, I'm a oh, personal fan. It is great. It is great. Oh. But, you know, being being uh, more seasoned veterans of this game, I feel like... Uh, it's like walking on clouds. It, it literally is. Yeah. Um, it literally is. With Darth Vader, right. actually. <laughs> um, uh, there's, a, there's a Yoda Kush out there. There's, there's all these cool new names. Um, worry less about the names and worry more about what it is. And if your person can't tell you what it is, I, I, I don't know that I would try it. Um, but the great thing is we all have this cool thing called the internet and it's in the palm of our hands. You go to leafly.com, whatever strain he tells you, you look it up, it'll tell you what it is. Go for sativa on your first try. Every time sativa doesn't do anything for you, graduate to a hybrid. There are some people out there that actually enjoy and prefer indicas. I can't judge anybody, right? There's different weed smokers. We, we kind of touched a little bit on this before we started the show, but um, there's a lot of different weed smokers out there. But we'll get into that later, but I hope that answers. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just thinking of the person who, like, has no idea about, like, any strains or anything and are just like, uh, I want some weed, please. And then they just end up like. <laughs> right, uh, one weed, please. Right, two, yeah. two weeds two and, a, and a small chocolate. <laughs> 
Would you like fries with that? <laughs> You're going to want them. Um, no, absolutely. Sativas are the way to go. I would less worry about the names, but you can look all the names up. Um, when you do look them up, what's really cool is there's a picture of the weed. So if it's your first time buying it and it's maybe not from a reputable source and it doesn't look like what's on the picture, maybe be a little weary, right? Um, there's a lot of information out there and you have to understand that the people on the street now realize they have competition with legality coming about. So they have to be cleaner and more direct about their stuff and have a safer approach. So if you're dealing with somebody that doesn't sound like they're doing any of those things, maybe don't deal with them. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier. So as, um, I guess as like weed's been legalized in, in different places throughout the country and throughout the world, uh, what's fascinating me is you're talking about some of the different like traditions or different ways that people smoke it. Uh, talk to us a little bit about like what, what your knowledge is of like, I don't know, like how they smoke it all over the world or whatever, like some, some fun different traditions or things. I have a fun eclectic background. So I was actually born in the United Kingdom in England and I was raised in Ireland and then I moved to Buffalo. Um, and I spend a lot of time up in Canada. Um, I've been to Amsterdam five or six times. So I've seen a good portion of a lot of the different places where they do things slightly differently. Um, what I will say, look, we'll start with Canada, for example. Um, for some bizarre reason, either you just like smoking weed or you like to get drunk and then smoke weed. I personally find that to be a waste of weed. Um, so we, we did say we were going to touch on this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's talk about getting drunk and then, or drinking and smoking at the same time. It's never a good time. It feels great for about, you know, 45 minutes. Then the spinnies start. Everybody knows what the spinnies are and you will throw up. Make no mistake. You will throw up. You'll fight it, but you will throw up. So that's something they do a lot in Canada. One of the other things they do in Canada is they write, like to roll spliffs. They inherited that. So a spliff is it's half marijuana, half tobacco, right? It's also so because a lot of them can't take a full joint by them. So if you're rolling a joint for yourself, right? A, a whole joint might be a bit too much for one person. So you put a little tobacco in there. Um, for your people that don't want to get super fucked up, right? Um, your crew, you'll, all, you'll, you'll smoke spliffs. They inherited that from the Europeans. Uh, mostly the UK. In the UK, on the mainland, for the longest time, they couldn't get flour. All they could get was hash from Morocco. Well, smoking hash straight isn't easy to do uh, in a joint form, for example. So they'd mix it with tobacco. And they call that hot rocks. Because as you're smoking it, little hot rocks come popping off Whoa. of it. Whoa. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I burned a couple of, couple of holes in my pants <laughs> oh, while no. I was in, uh, in London last time. Oh, it was fun. But they do get flour out there. they have there. pants in London. <laughs> they do. Okay. <laughs> they do. Um, and, and different parts of the world, like, for example, there's, there's hookahs, right? Hookahs, that's, how, that's actually primarily, primarily used to smoke hash, not tobacco. Um, and that's in, you know, Morocco and a lot of the, um, let's call them sandier areas, right? Uh, where the climate's a little better. Um, there, there's a lot, again, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, hookahs aren't the most efficient way if you're going to smoke, smoke flour, right? Um, dabs, dabs, we've talked about dabs a little bit. Uh, it's a concentrate. There's a way to do that. There's apparatus. There's a lot of, I'll be honest, the first time I saw somebody taking a dab the proper way, I thought he was a crackhead. There's a blowtorch. There was a glass thing. He put a little bit of this rock in there, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? I wasn't quite sure. Um, now I'm a bit more comfortable seeing this. I've done dabs before. Dabbing for anybody that enjoys weed, and let me clarify, enjoys weed. Dabbing can be a bit 
too much. Um, I will quote Snoop Dogg, who actually talked about moon rocks. Um, little side note. So what a moon rock is, is you take a one bud of Girl Scout cookies, which is a strain, and uh, you roll it in dab, which is this very sticky, concentrated substance. And then once it's completely covered in this dab, then you throw it in a jar full of keef, which is the crystals that are outside of the weed. This is the stuff that gets you high, right? So you took just weed, and then you covered it in, 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 uh, in a concentrate, and then you covered it in the purest form of weed, which is basically those crystals, and then you smoke it. And Snoop Dogg smoked it, and he went on record to say, nobody needs to be that high. <laughs> <laughs> Now, he, there, he would know. there are people that enjoy it. I have very close personal friends that enjoy dabbing, right? That's a thing. There are different types of dabs. That's a whole other conversation. You have shatter. You have butter. You have distill it. There, there's, there's a lot going on there. Um, some of these are people that like to just get super fucked up. There are people that when they want to get high, they, they just want to be obliterated, right? They don't want to have to think about anything. Then there are people that don't want to do that and maybe function. Um, so around the world... Traditions are very different. Um, it's adopted everywhere. Dabbing was a big thing elsewhere uh, in the world before it was a thing in, in North America. Um, but also dabbing came from California. Uh, you, ever heard, you guys have heard of those American pickers and those guys that are out there? there oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, and they're doing that stuff. So it was a, this was actually back in the 60s. What they were doing was all the leftover stems and the shitty weed that they weren't able to sell, they'd make dab out of. And all those people that were working on the farms they'd get that for free. And so they'd make dab and they'd get high every night. And that was kind of this big, I guess, farming secret. And it eventually got to the point where somebody that enjoyed it was like, well, how pure can you get this? How much better can you make it? What can you do with it? And then you have all this innovation, kind of like the way you do with marijuana. You've got all these crazy different strains, flavors. They do different things for you. They have different properties. I can tell you when I'm on a blue dream, um, that will actually fix headaches for me. Uh, that's the Kobe. All my back pain goes away. Um, I've had, uh, actually this one right here, which I made gummies out of a little while ago. This is a Girl Scout Cookies Thin Mints, which is a sativa strain. And um, it starts in the head. Like you start to feel it in the head. You get a little lightheaded. When you do stuff like this, it, it flows down. Um, I kind of went off on a few tangents, but oh, going no, back. This is great. No, this, yeah. is, this is fine. Um, but yeah, you can do a lot of different things with, with what you have, but it's how much time you want to invest in it, right? Um, anything can be a labor of love, right? So how much time you want to invest in doing something and going that far? If you just want to get high, go get high. Um, different ways in different, different ways in different parts of the country and the world that people do things. Uh, we'll get back to the types of smokers. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I'm interested in hearing about those. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the beer drinking, puking guys right yeah, yeah. there's those guys um they're not real they don't they like weed yeah they actually probably don't even enjoy it right but then you have the people that like vehemently say that they love weed and i feel like those are the people that um just want to get fucked out of their head and i'm not taking anything away from those people or what they want right that's 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 your jam um that's why i don't love weed i don't need to be completely fucked up all of the time then you have some people that you've talked about. One one of the biggest celebrity cases is actually Justin Timberlake. Yeah. He says, I'm better on weed. He sings better. He performs better. He uh, he says all of his practice stuff with the dancing and that, you know, that mm -hmm. little shake thing that he does. He does all that, you know, <laughs> he does all that on, on, on weed. Um, uh -huh. Now, everybody has a friend 
that just has to be high all the time. Um, what I would say to you is, you know, like, don't judge that person. You don't know what, what, what battle they're fighting, right? Um, and bigger than that is there actually are people that are better on weed. Um, all throughout college, I was the designated driver because I was stoned as fuck and didn't want to drink. And I got everybody home safely. Well, uh, speaking of being in college, like, I, I went to, uh, as listeners of the show would know, St. Bonaventure, which is a mid-major Division One basketball program. And one of the guys I graduated with, um, you know, he was like six foot ten, so you know, big basketball guy, um, and like he was, he played real shitty one game, and I was like, man, you like, you really, you really, you really shit the bed, and he was like, yeah, I had to get high at halftime, like I, I have to be high to play, and I was like, I can't, I can't fathom that because like the you know, hand-eye coordination and athleticism that you need to play basketball at a high level and to be like, oh, no, I got to be fucked up to do that is crazy to me. But, yeah, of course, like, he just had to do it. That's how he's, that's how he survived. There are people that just, they can do this. Um, there's a lot of people that can do this. I've, uh, I've heard of a lot of celebrities in that situation, a- athletes. Um, let's just go down that rabbit hole a little bit farther. Uh, coders, uh, people in IT, for example. Um, and that's not just, you know, marijuana. Uh, I'm sure you've all heard about, you know, Silicon Valley in the last five years. They were microdosing LSD and psilocybin uh, magic mushrooms. Um, and it actually has helped productivity. Um, I personally remember times, uh, me and Snake here, we once uh, did a migration <laughs> of a data center. We, and, we, we uh, did do that. As part of the migration of the data center, there was like eight hours where we were stuck to a screen just doing this crazy manual labor. I got high as shit before I walked into the building. <laughs> Put my headphones on, knocked that motherfucker out in four hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, got moved. We did a great job. We did. We did yeah, fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, and this is a lot of great stuff, but you mentioned earlier that obviously you shouldn't really be mixing your substances that, you know, if you're drinking and if you're, if you know, you're partaking of marijuana as it were, that you should keep those separate. But let's say you are, you know, you're young, dumb and, and full of bad ideas and you decide, Hey, I'm going to do this. What are sort of the, the better strains or what? I guess like if you are determined to like drink or at least have a couple of drinks and, and do this, what, what would be the ones where you're like, okay, you can, you could smoke this, you could have an edible of this strain or this type, um, and still go out and have a few drinks and, and not be like completely fucked up. Are there any? So the, where my warning was drinking first and then consuming marijuana, that's usually where things go badly. If you consume marijuana first and then go for a drink, you want a sativa or a hybrid, something that's not going to put you in the couch or make you antisocial, right? Um, Trying different types of sativas and hybrids to start before you decide to go out in public with it is a very, very good idea. Um, on your own, with close friends, in the comfort of your home, before you engage the public. One of the big things that happens with um, a lot of new smokers is paranoia, right? I get out in public and I don't know what the fuck to do, right? So I, I did touch a little bit earlier on something called Delta 8 THC. Delta 8 THC is an extract. It's the hot new stuff, right? Yes, it's the hot new stuff. It's an extract that is currently unclassified by the FDA. While it, 
I guess doesn't matter for us anymore because it's legal. But when marijuana wasn't recreationally legal just two weeks ago, you could still buy it at a head shop. You can buy gummies of it. You can buy, uh, is that a joint of Delta? That is. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, you can buy that. Um, so what they do is that's probably CBD bud and they've put uh, Delta eight etch extract on it. So Delta eight, because it's an extract, isn't a flower. When I first heard of it, I was a little, you know, apprehensive myself. I was in the head shop. The guy there is my buddy. I'm like, really? He's like, they're going like hotcakes. People are loving it. I'm like, but you feel stuff? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Now, edibles versus uh, combusting something, they hit you differently. When you smoke something, it's, it starts in your head and works its way down. When you take an edible, uh, nine times out of ten, it's more of a body high than a head high, right? It's a full body high. Delta 8 is just that. So I buy this bag of gummies, and uh, each cube of gummy is 25 milligrams. Now, you remember the warning I gave you earlier about 5 to 10, right? And I'm a seasoned guy, so I'm like, 25, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. So I pop one of these 25s, and I go out in public, and I actually went to Target. I went shopping. Uh, I'm in Target. I'm usually, uh, if I'm high and I'm in Target, it's great during the pandemic time because <laughs> I've got this mask on. Oh, yeah. Right? And so I can just kind of be in my own little world. And I'm out there and I just wanted to talk to people and engage folks and have a good time. And wow. so the one thing I will say about Delta 8 is there's no paranoia. There's no anxiety. That's how it was advertised to me. I've tried it and I can honestly say it does its job. It really does its job. So maybe Delta 8 is the way to go before you go out drinking with your buddies or a sativa. Smoking, then drinking, is totally acceptable. It's how I live my life. i got to get high enough to be able to get the motivation to get out of the house. <laughs> and then I need the drinks to be able to keep the conversation going. Uh -huh. <laughs> I can't wait till uh, we can finally like roll up to the old pink with some Delta 8 in us. And, oh, and get a roast beef sandwich? Oh, the steak sandwich. Steak sandwich. The that's the, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, well, that's We're the big one. fans of the pink on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, everything about that place, even the sticky floors, <laughs> right. I just miss it. There's always some random like wino in the bathroom doing cocaine. It's just, right, and, there, and there's some girl crying sitting on the floor yeah. back by the dartboard. Exactly. <laughs> I, I can't wait for this. This time she'll be wearing a mask, but it'll be exactly the right. Same. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's awesome, man. I um, I'm just blown away that there's like so many different ways. I one you did mention though CBD. Give us the the skinny on CBD because to me I'm like oh it sounds like it's it's fake or a scam. What what's the what's the deal? I mean weed's legal now, so it doesn't really matter. But is CBD like even more of a baby steps thing or like what's what's going on there? CBD is is again more of a medical thing, right? So it's it's intended for pain relief. The effects are very very different from THC, uh, like THC marijuana. Um, CBD weed. Uh, can help with, um, again, it was used a lot with, with cancer patients, people with chronic pain. I've, I've tried it myself for chronic pain in the past, and I didn't have a lot of success. Then they came out with something called uh, Nano CBD a few years ago, which if you, if you go on YouTube or any online place and just look up Tommy Chong and Nano CBD, he's got this hour-long video where he explains about the process and how when they first put CBD out there for medicinal use, people had it wrong. So it wasn't affecting folks in the right way. If you're looking to get high, CBD is not the answer. It's not a baby step. Um, CBD is more for pain relief. CBD, I've seen people actually like regular marijuana users that wanted to get off of THC would use CBD to wean themselves off. Because then they say it, it looked like weed, it tasted like weed, it smelled like weed, but they didn't get high. 
I don't know if this is a thing that's common, but I tried CBD to like help me sleep, mm-hmm. you know, kind of lower anxiety. And it actually did the opposite effect. It kept me up at night. And I'm like, this is weird. I don't know if anyone else has been like that. As soon as I stopped taking it, I could sleep again. So one of the things about CBD is it's, it's uh, because it's for uh, pain management and more of a medicinal thing, right? It's going to be active and keep you active, right? Uh, CBD doesn't come in a sativa or an indica. It's just CBD. Um, so for like somebody that wanted to go to sleep, I would recommend a CBD tablet or a gummy. And when you're looking for something just to put you to sleep, you want to take it at least an hour before you go to sleep. And when I say at least an hour, that's the bare minimum. So if you just want to sleep, take something indica an hour before you go to sleep. If you want to enjoy it, eat it after dinner, an hour after dinner. So your stomach's a little bit empty. You get the full effect of it and you get a couple hours to enjoy it. Badass. Yeah. So <clears throat> now we're in this um, post-legalized weed New York State world. You know, it's all new and exciting. Guys, give us some of your thoughts. Or EJ, you know, you obviously have um, been to a lot of places and, and you've done certainly your research on this. What what do we think it's going to look like here in, in Western New York or New York State, maybe in the next year or like in the coming few months? Like what what would we expect um in terms of like sellers or yeah, what's it going to look like a year, year and a half from now? What do you think? They're pushing really big on THC beverages now. And uh, there are Canadian companies that are pushing into the New York market currently. What I would see happening is you're going to see a very large variety of products and some of them that some of the pioneering states maybe don't have like Colorado and California because they're, they're trying to pioneer new products in a new place to get more traction. Um, so what I would expect to see so this is, is like Labatt Blue infused with, is that what we're talking about? Like yeah, so maybe a little lemonade, <laughs> right? Oh, okay. um, I know one of the beverages right. that they just premiered in, um, in Ontario in Canada uh, is, a C, is a THC water. And it's about a 10 milligram in a bottle of water. And it just, it tastes like water, but it will get you high. Now, when they go with beverages and these new uh, novelty products, they're almost always using sativas. Why do you say? The same reason I recommend it to you. It's a good first experience. You're going to come back to it. So I would expect a lot more consumer products. They want to make it so that you don't have to smoke it. Right? That's the big thing. Because you're, you're, you're and especially coming out of a pandemic, right? all these parents dealing with their kids on Zoom calls <laughs> this entire time, oh. I know many of them that have, either taken back up marijuana or started to get into it, you need your sanity, right? Every, everyone's anxiety. Is exactly. Good. It's Everyone's going nuts. It's a good place to, to help with that. Yeah. I'm waiting for the restaurant that makes a fucking killing off of infused chicken wings. <laughs> and it's coming. I mean, mm-hmm. I, honestly, I, what, what I would say for Buffalo, honestly, if Barbill didn't have an infused chicken wing in two years, oh, yeah. uh, Mr. Crook is shit in the bed. <laughs> now now listeners you get a promise not to steal this idea from us but jim had an idea patent pending yeah patent pending, uh, patent pending. Right. um names trademarked already um i'm gonna buy up all the uh defunct dunkin donuts in the area uh if you don't know if you're not fr- in buffalo uh dunkin donuts made a big push into the area about seven or eight years ago and about three years ago they closed pretty much all of them because they just could not compete with tim hortons and starbucks 
mostly Tim Hortons. So we're gonna buy all of them, all the clothes, Dunkin' Donuts. We're gonna we're gonna become a dispensary that sells just one edible donuts, and it's gonna be called Dunkin' Donuts. Yep. I love everything about this. Idea. Amazing. Yep. And you know, we'll be the dispensary with a drive-through. And that's exactly what stoners want. Yep. Don't even have to get out of your car. You can leave your mask on. Exactly. <clears throat> I'm ready for donuts now. Amazing. Don't listener. Don't say we don't innovate on the show. Mm-hmm. We're oh yeah. We're at the fo- we, we we're dropping uh, infused chicken wings, Dankin' Donuts, patent pending on both those. By the way, fuck you, Bar Bill. That's our idea. Don't right. <laughs> right. That's. I would like my chicken wings the way I always get them, plain. <laughs> And covered in weed-infused butter. Oh, that's, that does sound great. Yeah. Now think about like plant-based trends, right? And how uh, commercial organizations are picking those up. You know, you got you got your Burger King, uh, the Impossible, Impossible Whopper, Burger. right? Oh, yeah. You've got Beyond Meat showing up at like Tim Hortons, um, a lot of places. So what's to say five years down the road you don't have a you know the Burger King BK Stoner? Right? Two patties, extra cheese, bacon, and it'll get you high as fuck at the same time. It's what the people want. Exactly. The special sauce at McDonald's will oh, actually be right. special for a chance. Yes. And it won't be Szechuan, although we do want Szechuan. Yeah, we, yeah. we do want Szechuan. Damn, dude. That's, you getting hungry, Ree? I, I am getting... I have a, I have a burrito upstairs. I'm, <laughs> I'm, well, we should talk about this. Our favorite snacks. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I, full disclosure, listeners... We all went to, uh, and I hi- highly recommend this. We went to Lloyd's and we had their weekly special, the Cheek and Chong, Cheek, Cheech and, uh, Cheech and Chong burrito, right? Oh, yeah. So what do we got on this, AJ? It's got some pulled pork. It's got some pulled pork in there. So if yeah. anything that Lloyd's makes, they put into this one burrito. So there's mac and cheese. There's pulled pork. There's a little bit of steak. You got some chicken in there. I definitely ate a bean at some point. Mm. <laughs> that was your one vegetable. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that, there was there was cabbage in there oh, too. Cabbage. Oh, yeah, oh I must cabbage have missed that, that one. Yeah. It is um it is really the, the stoner's delight. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend it. They have it all week, um, and they have it every year on the week of four twenty. And I always look forward to it. So, thank you, Snake, for making that happen. Oh, there. it's a thing of beauty. There's really dill is. pickles in there too. Oh, oh that's and, right. And that did make. I it. got it without the pickles, but you know what? I should have got the pickles. Should have got the pickles. I fuck. Uh, you really did. You fucked up. I know. So, what's your go-to snack when you're high? Well, it's usually I like to have I like to have a, a nice dinner and a dessert. So, man, I don't know what it is, but it's like Five Guys and a pint of Ben and Jerry's. That's, and, and it depends what what strikes me. I'm not like the what's that? What's the weed themed Ben and Jerry's flavor? I forget what it is. Oh. Half baked. Yeah, it is half baked. Now that is a good one. That is fish a good food. One. I was gonna say. Oh, there's fish food too. Sure, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, cookie dough is good. The peanut butter cup. Yes. Oh, that's a great one. The Americone oh. Dream. Oh, yeah, that's a good one too. I mean, what don't they make today? There are a few flavors I'm like, eh, I shy away from. But I don't know what about. Well, let's go around. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a fat kid. I love anything like chocolatey and savory. Um, you know, I, I can't get enough. Like I could eat fucking. Uh, Reese's cups. I could eat those all day, every mm. day. But I could especially eat those while Preach I'm, it. you know, under the influence, shall we say? Um, also, yeah, of course, any kind of pizza. I mean, I could eat fucking anything while I'm high. But but those are the things that I'm like, yes. Jim, what, what's your? Uh, do you have any kind of? Well, it's been a long time since I got high, uh, because I tend to get paranoid. 
So I, it's been a long time. Uh, I do, you know, like when I was in college, I would get the uh, the uh, Keebler fudge stripes. Oh, yeah. Were my, like, oh, yeah, were my yes. jam. Oh, I mean, know. I'd eat like an entire fucking container of them. Mm. So I, I'd, I'd throw down like 4,000 calories. But yeah, the EL, uh, the uh, Keebler uh, fudge stripes were definitely the, my, my number one. Tremendous. Tremendous. Oh, it's fantastic. Mm. AJ, what, what's your uh, recommended go to? I mean, uh, are there any foods? From his stories, it's more edibles. <laughs> So uh, being the seasoned veteran that I am, there were there were different phases where things appealed to me more than others. Uh, in college, because I was broke, it was always peanut butter and jelly and a glass of milk. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, once you get post-college, it was like whatever Lay's or Doritos I could get my goddamn hands on. Then that became like Funyuns and Cheetos. And, you know, you get a little bit older and you start to like, you start to plan getting high, right? Mm-hmm. And what you really want to do. And so like, I might make like a fruit and a cheese board with some different types of nuts and meats and stuff lovely. in there. Yeah. Um, I, I got, I'm old now, so I'm very careful about what I put into my body when it comes to, you know, indulgences. Uh, what I would say is if, if you're, if you want to go down that route and want to get really bougie about like your sweets, go to Whole Foods. They have this section near the freezer. It's like this little island. It's all these different types of chocolate. It's all this gourmet stuff. Um, and the other day I got one that was highly recommended by a mutual friend of ours, Karen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a, uh, Milk chocolate with bacon. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Oh. And it's candied bacon. Oh. Oh. And it's delicious. And I'm like, this is amazing, Karen. How How is this possible? And she goes, it's right here at Whole Foods. Come get it. So I come look, and I, I'm looking at all these other different types, and they had this one that was made with dark chocolate, manchego cheese, Whoa. and cherries. Oh, my how God. Does, and I'm, how, that's blowing my mind right now. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this could not taste good. I'm going to buy it because I have to find out. And holy shit. And some of these have directions on the back of the chocolate bar on how to best enjoy it. So they're saying, all right, so you take take one piece of chocolate and rub your thumb on it and then smell the chocolate. And you get all these crazy aromas. And I'm like, this is insane. The next thing is they take a bit, take a snapping bite out of it. And as you're chewing on it, like let the let the chocolate melt and stick to the roof of your 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 mouth. And you start to smell these crazy caramel and almost bourbony flavors. I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, wow. This candy's made for stoners. Right. right? Yeah. Literally. Right. I, I, I'm just stuck on the, the, the bacon because now I'm thinking I got bacon pancakes stuck in my head. Oh, yeah. L- listeners, we'll be right back. We got to we we take go, a little gotta, break here. We got to take a real <laughs> quick run to Whole Foods. Yeah. <laughs> Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Amazing, amazing. But yeah, I would say uh, snacks-wise, plan your snacks. Mm-hmm. So how would you deal, because this is something um, that I've had come up for me, but like the, the the dry mouth or the cotton mouth or whatever, um, should you be staying like very well hydrated throughout your experience? Absolutely. I can tell you to do that, but you won't do it because you'll forget. Um, <laughs> what's going to happen is you're going to get about 45 minutes into it and you're going to buy I'm thirsty. Then you'll forget about it. Another 45 minutes later, you might go get a, a glass of water. So when I say plan your snacking, make sure there's lots of water. If that means a glass and a gallon next to you, make that happen because you're not getting off the couch. You're probably going to call Domino's or some other delivery service. We are still in pandemic times. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the other thing you got to keep in mind, right? Like what you smoke will affect what it is you want to do and, and what you're going to want to do next. 
And the higher you get, the less likely you're going to want to do anything. And that's a big advocation for why weed is still better than alcohol. I've never, ever, ever heard of somebody getting a car accident on weed. You know why? Because they drive in 35 miles an hour <laughs> on the highway. There's no speed. There's no right. speed. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, like, if, if you drink too much, you're still willing to get into a car because you're like you've lost all concept of what's right and wrong, and drive. If you smoke too much, you're like I'm not going outside. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not leaving where I'm at. Exactly. And if you're if you're a really innovative stoner, you'll end up going to your kitchen and being like, okay, what can I make with what I have? Yeah. That's, I I I was at a, a friend's house like this was like 20 25 years ago, and uh, one of our mutual friend of the pod, uh, Mike B. Um, Made like crostinis with like saffron and olive oil. Oh wow! That's because amazing. he was like, "This is what I found in the kitchen." Like we <laughs> ate, we ate like probably like forty dollars worth of saffron at a friend's house. Like his mother had to be <laughs> super pissed off when she came home and was like, "Where'd all my saffron go?" Sounds like so luxurious. Oh yeah, uh, I think it was early on in my in my college career when I was super stoned and. I get home and I'm, I'm looking around. What do I have to eat? And I got this pack of ramen noodles, got a half a jar of ragu, I got ketchup and soy sauce. That was one of the best noodle bowls I've ever had in <laughs> oh, my yeah. life. My first thought is that sounds like offensively terrible, but I really want to try it now. <laughs> like that's a, like this offends all my sensibilities, and it sounds amazing. We ended up making it a staple. All my buddies loved it. I called it super noodles. It eventually had uh, <laughs> many other ingredients, including a half a block of cheddar cheese. Oh, it was delicious. That's, it's a, it's a fat guy's dream. Stoner's dream also. Yeah. Stoner's dream also. That's right up there with the Cheech and Chong burrito. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Amazing. Um, I think one last thing we wanted to touch on. Rye, this is a topic sort of near and dear to your heart. Ooh, what do we got? Well... We were, you know, obviously we're now in fucking dream world where weed is legal in New York and more and more you're going to be able to buy it and, and sell it. And it's, it's just going to become normalized. You can go to the store, you can get it. What, um, what's next? Well, I know, obviously in other parts of the world, Oregon, they just, um, they made, did they make all, they decriminalize all drugs, but made, um, Psychedelics legal to buy. I'm pretty I think, sure. I think they made psychedelics legal. I don't know that they decriminalize all drugs. I'm not sure okay. that like like heroin is decriminalized well, there. Maybe they're trying to. I, I think they're trying to. Like, like my news. Like stuff. Oregon really has to fucking slow down and let the rest <laughs> of the country catch up a little bit. <laughs> but no, but no. I mean, research has picked up. Um, you know, for the longest time, you couldn't you couldn't do any research with psychedelics, like psilocybin or any any of that business. And and, and despite like the early studies in the 60s and whatnot that showed that it can really help with depression and ptsd and that type of thing end of life type situations so uh we're coming back to that research is picking up you know like trials are going on if it becomes legal i mean geez that's i think that's great i think that's great for a lot of people you know it's, it's more of a natural form of you know reversing or allaying depression a little bit i 100 percent agree and um I know some folks, myself included, that have tried psilocybin as a, as a microdose. When, um, say, right around wave two, when, you know, anxiety was really, really oh, high. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a great mental reset. Um, they're not necessarily, you don't have to take, you know, enough to have a, a, a life-changing experience. But sometimes you need a reset to get back to who you were. 
And uh, I, I've done it myself. I highly recommend it. I do see the benefits in, uh, in the psychiatric field for some of those patients. Um, and I've actually see, read some of the studies where it has made a difference. Mm-hmm. It's just very hard to come by because there's so many, so few places you can do it legally. Also, think, think about all the great music that came out in the 60s. I think, you know, you need musicians to start you know, doing LSD again. Right, it's, and mixing it with OJ, OJ, right? Orange juice. Oh, sure. That's what uh, Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters did. That sounds great. Is they had they painted like their school bus in like day glow paints. <laughs> yeah, and then they drove around and they had just jugs of orange juice. I remember I read uh, um, Tom Wolfe's The Electric Kool Aid Acid Test uh, is all yeah. about Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters. Oh, wow. And they just would have jugs of orange juice that they had mixed LSD with, and they would just like as they were driving along the road, like just take a fucking swig of orange juice that was laced with LSD. And just keep trucking. The sixties were so much cooler. <laughs> they, like we like to think, like we're like, oh, we're in the future, but we're like the biggest like lames compared to like our parents and oh know, yeah, I mean like it, like look, I never would want to go and live in the past because the like the future is always better. But there were things about the past that like I, I like I wish we had like like. LSD orange juice bus rides <laughs> or like, or like you know, like think about like mad men and like all the cocktails people drank while they, they were oh, working yeah. or, or like, think about Roger Sterling when he, when he tried LSD <laughs> <laughs> or like, like, you know, like my parents watched Perry Mason every single day and literally like, yes, theoretically it's about a lawyer. It's mostly about smoking and drinking is that, that the, the, the TV show is all about it's, it's just like cigarette. And would you like a scotch? And uh, that's basically like half the dialogue. It was Mad Men before Mad Men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Except it wasn't trying to like set the tone because it's in black and white. Like it's literally like just trying to imitate like, well, this is how life is. Wow. Wow. Oh, I think. Are we missing anything, guys? No, I think. Uh, I think we have. AJ? I feel like we've touched on uh, everything? quite a bit. Um what I would say is, uh, when you when you're out there and you're and you're trying to find um, somebody, let's say you don't have a friend, you can go to that you know smokes weed, um, and please don't don't quote me or, or come find me if it goes sour for you. But uh, I have heard of and had personal success in finding people on Instagram that will give you um, edibles and flour, where you know where it is, know what it is. Uh, it is reputable, and the doses are actually correct. Um, putting that out there awesome well that's a wrap on this week's special 420 edition of the square huge thanks to our guest aj rot you are the fucking man thanks yeah, for yeah. joining AJ, us too. Yep. thanks so much thank you for having me